the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I think it is fair, but I start today off by saying yesterday was the worst day ever for... Tesla and some big tech momentum names that have come to life in the pandemic and couldn't find a reason to cool down until they did. Good morning, everyone. It's me, Rob Black. Rob Black, your money. Yesterday was an ugly one. NASDAQ gave up 4%. It's up just 3% for 2020. That happened fast. We were up 2025. 20, like, we were rolling and then we weren't. Every sector finished in the red yesterday. Tech was down 4.5%. Energy lost 3.6%. Energy is important to talk about because the world consumes it. Maybe less so on a percentage basis than in the past, but it's still one of those indicators where you can go, hey, if oil's high or low, and then you look at the supply and the demand, and you kind of look at the deals that OPEC's doing or not doing, it's just adding up that there's a little bit of anemia out there. Tesla had its worst day ever because it was excluded from the S&P 500. That's actually kind of funny to me. Um, a reason to like Tesla, not is that everyone else will like them and put them in the S&P 500. I get that you get a broad base of buyers. And people who buy the S&P 500 tend to hold it for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. That's the thought. But that's almost kind of like... High school drama. What do you mean we went at it to the S&P 500? I'm having the worst day ever. Um, you've had one of the greatest runs ever in stock market history this year. And we've known about you for 10 years. So you can't really complain. Now, again, for two to three weeks, I was sitting there going, this doesn't make sense. Why is Tesla moving higher? 25-year-old kids were walking by me like, old man, we know how to pick stocks better than you. Don't know why I did an old man voice on a 25-year-old, but that's neither here nor there. So yesterday was just the worst day ever, and I kind of liked it. I like the shakeouts. Um, I wish the Nikola and GM deal was the reason Tesla fell apart. Uh, strategic partnership. GM's going to start manufacturing vehicles for Nikola by the end of 2021. $2 billion equity stake. Um, Nikola up 41. I wish that was the reason Tesla fell apart, but no. It was because Tesla didn't get added to the S&P 500. And it's almost like, really? Peloton rode higher after its release of Bike Plus. Now, Bike Plus, as best as I can tell, it's a new and improved stationary bike. It's built to keep up with the demand of home fitness junkies. So instead of just having the monitor face the bike seat, you can now swivel the monitor around and make your bike kind of like part of the furniture or push against the wall. And you can still watch the videos, exercise videos through the better, more improved monitor. Um, of course, it's going to cost more money, but having a retractable 22-inch screen and upgraded speaker system, 
Um, lowering the previous bike, Peloton bike, to under 2K, it all factors in. But the subscription service they're kind of announcing, it's out there already. But they're really saying this bike will help us sell you more in-home gym services. Um, you can bet Peloton's going to got power, has power drinks coming. You can bet Peloton has um, branded weights that maybe um, I don't know fit in your hand better. <laughs> it just goes to show you, like we buy a lot of marketing crap from companies, don't we? Slack had a stellar result. Earnings after the close yesterday, revenue grew by 50% for the third straight quarter, paying customers up 30% year-over-year to 130000 um, That's worthy of note in large part because it's one of those dot-com, not dot-com, uh, I would say pandemic work-at-home tech plays. Lululemon, Lululemon reported earnings after the close yesterday. Yoga wear company, athleisure wear company, cool workout clothes company saw a surprise report that beat both sales and earnings. Again, one of the things that uh, I'm a little bit lost in antidotally is we don't go to stores here, but most of the rest of America is still going to stores in some fashion. Um, some people go to stores here, but trends are shifting to working and sweating from home, and that too benefits a company like Lululemon. If we're not going to the gym, we still want to look kind of stylish, especially when we're walking up and down the street. Uh, this seems to be a very good year for Lululemon, to be honest with you. Again, it's I had a really good spring summer with my boys. Um, bonded over homeschool. Bonded over COVID. Bonded over the weather. Um, it's weird to say that some, some people are finding not joy, but the positive in all this time. So Peloton, we'll talk a little bit more about that because they're stealing a page from the Apple playbook on doing a new product category of the app, but they're being, they're selling a subscription to at-home workouts. They're trying to be the Apple of at-home workouts where maybe a year ago I would have said they're trying to be the Apple of uh, uh, digital bikes. They're kind of expanding a little bit. So Wall Street kind of likes that. I would say when there's bad days on the market, you should have a shopping list. I'm not offended if you put Peloton on your shopping list. Elsewhere out there in big stories of the day, Peloton, no, not Peloton, um, Kentucky Derby. I didn't do this story yesterday. I found this late after I went off the air. But remember the Kentucky Derby was this weekend? Betting on the Kentucky Derby down 52% year over year, even though the apps like DraftKings and Penn National have seen a significant uptick in demand and usage. But it just goes to show you that a real event, actually being able to go to Churchill Downs, actually being able to see the horses in person, um, draws in more betters. So down 52%, they pulled in $79 million in bet versus last year's $165 million. Authentic led the 15-horse race, the smallest since 1998. Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Listen to this. You want to buy a home? Well, you better do it fast because they're going quickly. Uh, homes for sale, homes for sale, homes, home buyer demand surged 40% from a year ago. Americans may not be shopping in malls, but we sure as heck are shopping for homes. Now, Labor Day fell a little bit later in the month, a little bit closer to um, September. And because of that 
calendar switch of adding about an extra seven or eight days, the home sales look a little bit more goose than they were, but they're still up 40% year over year. The demand for mortgages is up 40%. 30-year fixed mortgage sits at 3.07%. There's resiliency in the real estate market. The average loan size continues to increase at an all-time high. Not necessarily what you would expect when the headline news is pandemic, pandemic, pandemic. Apple did yesterday that something that I think was almost a low blow. So Fortnite's suing them, saying that the whole 30% cut of any transactions is unfair and it's high. And they have their own store that's competing, in theory, with Apple and with uh, Steam. And they've, they've cut the fees on how much they charge others to host their games there. Saying, we did it, you should do it too. And Apple's like, no, we're going to turn it off. So they started suing each other. But yesterday, Apple is suing for damages, saying, because your game's not on our platform, we're going to make less money. This is just getting mean. Now, again, Epic and Fortnite came out with a character called Tart Tycoon. That looks just like Tim Cook, but he's a fish. This is just a mess. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. So I'm hoping I'm teaching some adults some small business lessons that you can pass on to your children. And every now and then I get an email from a listener who says something incredibly kind along those lines. And it always makes me kind of stoked. I always get kind of excited to see that. Um, last week, I said something along the lines of, I'm not going to feel comfortable going back to El Chirito until I can lick the table. And someone emails me and goes, that was funny. I laughed for 10 minutes. I was like, it wasn't that funny. You've got I was, just try- I was just trying to say, um, that'll be a sign that we're back to normal. When we can actually, you know, be at concerts and not look at each other weirdly and fight over, is it a mask or are you six feet or not six feet? Like, this is a torn nation right now. It is a torn nation. We're fighting over masks and skin color. Just mind-boggling. Um, then I got an email yesterday, and that was a real email where someone told me that. And then I got an email from someone who said something along the lines of, uh, you know, a I'm teaching my kids what you're saying. Like, I really like your line. It's not my line. It's Wayne Gretzky's line. To be successful in hockey, don't go where the puck is. Go where the puck's going. And that's good life advice. It's general advice. It's, it's, it works on so many levels. Um, with that said, I'm very honored that people ever associate me with their children. And I think that's one of the goals on this show. And that's why I did a story on Fortnite and Epic and Apple suing Epic. And uh, to me, it's not really about Fortnite and running around and shooting people in a hundred battle royale thing. It's To me, it's, is Apple a monopoly or not? Charging 30% essentially rent, um, that's that's pretty exorbitant. So are we stifling innovation of young companies, or is that the price to pay? Is putting your app on Apple's Apple Store, is it akin to going to Hawaii, or is it akin to going to Stockton? Rents are much cheaper in Stockton than they are in Hawaii. I don't have an answer to that. I could tell you the stories, and I could tell you, you know, my personal thoughts on them, but that's it. So I'm going to do another story about kids, and I'm going to tell you, you could have made a boatload of money listening to me. 
you could have and should have. No, I'm not going to say shit. I told you about this two years ago. Coming up, we're going to have the new Microsoft Xbox and Sony PlayStation. It's been announced. Now we got to wait 18 months, just like I did with 5G. Oddly enough, 5G is the biggest catalyst for Apple stock going forward. And up to this point, people keep talking about new phones, new phones, new phones. Interestingly, we're going to see a new watch before we see a new phone. It was leaked yesterday that Apple's going to show us a watch at their upcoming event and not a phone. But two weeks later, they're going to show us a phone. Because the phone has just started mass production, and they tend to like to say, here it is. It's super exciting. Go get it in the next 14 days. And if it's not ready, you go, go get it in the next 28. It's not quite as super exciting. So we are well marketed, too. But Xbox, Microsoft's Xbox came out yesterday and said, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be available on November 10. So I want you to write this down. I want you to teach your kids. Uh, buy on the rumor, sell on the news. Now that we know what's coming out November 10, when we now go, okay, mission accomplished. We see the pricing on them, mission accomplished. We go, what's next? And at this point in time, we're going to focus on Sony because they're the competitor who's going to come up with their announcement, how much it costs, when it's going to launch. Um, then we start looking at the, the dirty details of, of the information. So Microsoft said yesterday the new Xbox Series S will be available on November 10. Pre-orders start September 22. Probably a pretty good idea to consider doing a pre-order if you want to get it for Christmas. Probably a pretty good idea to do a pre-order on the September 22 if you want to get two of them and sell one of them to your neighbor. But that's just me giving you some past history. I think being cooped up for the last six months is going to create even more demand for the next Xbox and PlayStation. It is going to create even more demand for 5G Apple phone. In large part because advertising is seeing a drop in television advertising and a pickup in, in app um, when you're using apps on your phone. So a lot of companies are pushing advertising on your phone, on your mobile. So anyway, the high-end Xbox Series X will cost $499. The entry level is going to cost $299. Microsoft will also be offering a financing plan, which just blows my mind. Um... I don't like financing plans. I understand some people need them. I get it. I say, I don't know if you need it. Microsoft's going to, if, you, if you're doing financing for it, I, I don't know. So the Xbox Series S will cost $24, $25 a month, essentially, on a plan, while the Xbox Series X will cost $35 a month. So you do that times how many? 24 months. Uh-oh. So no rage gaming, right? You can't be playing Fortnite and get all mad that you just bought a skin. Uh, who did you buy? I don't know. Lemony Snicket. Who, uh, who's the fish? TikTok the fish or something like that. So you just spend $10 on a fishy skin and you're going fishy, fishy, fishy. I'm going to go shoot people. I'm gonna, it's a video game. I'm having fun. And then you lose and you, you rage and you smash your Xbox. Well, you're going to still have 23 months of payments. There is a thing um, on YouTube about people smashing controllers, uh, dads taking chainsaw to the TVs. Uh, There's a rage thing that's strangely compelling. And again, it shows you, like, we're a nation that's fighting over skin color and fighting over, oh, boy, masks. And we are so angry, we're willing to cut our children's televisions in half with a chainsaw. This doesn't end well in the movies. (laughs) So the Microsoft Series X is four times more powerful than the Microsoft Xbox One. I hate these names. 
Um, it includes an eight-core AMD Zen 2 processor, the same that will power the Sony PlayStation 5, although the Xbox has a better graphics card. The Xbox Series S is 60% smaller than the Series X. The Series S, like, okay, so I'm not going to get into all the details. I'm going to tell you, September 22, there's going to be two versions. A cheaper version that doesn't have a Blu-ray disc, which I think we all say, who's really watching CDs or, or Blu-rays anymore? And I, I know that there's some guy, well, I do. I get it. So the cheaper version is going to be two ninety nine. The more expensive version is going to be four ninety nine. Um, and you can order on September twenty two, and it'll be delivered on November tenth. Okay, so that is a sell on the news. You bought on the rumor. It's going to be big. It's going to be hot. It's going to be amazing. I, I bet it's going to have like seven Xboxes taped together. Like, yeah, speculate it. Now we're saying what's next. The segment's not dead. They have a lot of momentum from the spring and summer of pandemic. I probably bought three or four video games for my family um, in that six-month period versus typically three or four over two years or three years. So we're doing gaming as a family more so than we are. We're still doing stuff like Minecraft, by the way. Um, we're doing that a little bit more so than, say, going outside and playing football because the weather stinks. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm digressing. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. We'll have more stories for you and investment ideas and maybe some strategery as well. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening. Do you remember that big motorcycle rally up in South Dakota? And uh, you got to, you got to see like um, a big gathering of people. It's now being linked, and I don't know or properly or wrongly towards a lot of the cases in the last couple months. This is a very politicized event. I mean, everything seems political, except for this man, Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. Joins us every Wednesday to talk about stock market and the goings-on and political machinations and how they all work together. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Good morning, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Have you run into any controversial political... I'm starting to run into more people who are really divided on masks and really divided on pandemic issues. Um, I was surprised that got into the small circle of people in my life. Have you, have you read an Indian drama in your inner family or your family circle? Uh, yes, I could say uh, affirmatively I have. So it's definitely a, a very divisive issue. Let's transfer that into Wall Street being a, a divisive mm -hmm. issue. All right. Do you think we should be positive or negative on what we've gone through with the pandemic? It, do you think we should you know, look forward to the stock market and the economy, or should we be more cautious? Well, you know, in terms of how the stock market has been looking at things, um, it's clearly been um, uh, optimistic about what what the path the future will hold. And in that regard, you know, it holds out tremendous hope that, you know, a vaccine will arrive soon enough. Uh, and it also holds out um, a tremendous belief or faith uh, in the notion that, that the worst of the COVID impact has been felt. Um, and so in relative terms, things can only get better. 
And I don't think that that's a, a mistaken belief. You know, we can all only hope that's the case after what transpired in the second quarter. Um, but we do think that that's, that's more uh, practical to think that way. And it's going to be, a, you know, a um, you know a building block process. I don't think it's going to be a linear path. Uh, we don't think it's going to be a V-shaped economic recovery. Um, but you get kind of a, you know, maybe a stair-step progression here, uh, assuming, um, you know, you continue to stay on a positive track with vaccine development and or, you know, uh, therapeutic developments um, uh, that come to fruition. And so, um, you know, but a lot of that good news, of course, or a lot of that hope, optimism has clearly been priced into the market and maybe then some. And I think, you know, what we're seeing here of late is a reflection of that reality um, and what we may see now over the next few months is a market that does a lot of um, uh, chopping around in some fairly wide ranges because, you know, while pandemic is certainly front and center for a lot of people um, uh, and and where it has become a um, arguably politicized uh, situation, you now have the election right there on the near horizon, uh, and there's going to be a lot of volatility surrounding that. I'm going to steal from your page one this morning, and Patrick O'Hare is with Briefing.com, a trusted source of domestic and international news. I like it tied towards the markets, but it's a little bit bigger than that. Um, you talked about the NASDAQ pulling back almost 20% now. Um, could we do two bear markets in one year on the NASDAQ? Because Early on in this year, if you were to give me odds, I'd say no chance, no snowflake chance in hell kind of thing. Yeah. But are we are we talking that way? Well, no, you, um, what I pointed out is like in the last three sessions, the Nasdaq has dropped ten percent, yep. right? And uh, in somewhat unofficial terms, you know, a, a pullback of between ten and uh, like nineteen percent gets categorized as a, a correction. Uh, and then a 20% pullback is what gets called a bear market. So we're not we're halfway there, I guess, if you're if you're leaning toward the bear market angle. I don't mean you specifically, Rob, I'm just saying in general. But um, but to answer your question, is it possible? Sure is. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you when you fall ten percent and you know in three days of trading, um, you kinda have to accept the possibility that just about anything can happen. And you know, it's a fast moving market. Um, that's been artificially supported too, um, and uh, and it's been driven by a great deal of uh, momentum, and you know momentum can get going you know uh, the other way uh, to the downside if you really uh, let it happen, and um, so it could it could you know technically become a bear market in a hurry just on price action without any specific fundamental driver, frankly. Um, and so it is something to be on the lookout for. But, um, um, yeah, I would say it's a, it's a realistic probability. Um, but, you know, we're trying this morning anyway to kind of fight that uh, against that probability coming to fruition uh, as there's a kind of a patented by-the-dip effort kicking in right now after three you know, days of very sharp selling and uh, certainly across the, the technology sector. Good stuff. Now, yesterday, I, and you put this into your page one this morning, we learned AstraZeneca, here's some AZN, said that it's COVID-19 vaccine. 
is halting because one patient, one one singular patient, suffered a serious adverse reaction. Um, and they say, you know, the media is coming out and saying, this is typical, this happens with every flu vaccine, uh, one person out of a million kind of scenario. I'm not putting the stats in their mouth, uh, but they're downplaying it very quickly. How mm-hmm. do we, does our stock market tank if we don't get a vaccine in your mind? Um, again, I don't want you to get too statistical because mm-hmm. you don't have a crystal ball, but how much are we putting right. on AstraZeneca and Pfizer's and the Johnson and Johnson of the world to save our butts, so to speak? Well, I, th- I think that, um, you know, there's what, nine leading companies that are, you know, kind of having some high profile clinical trials going on as it relates to COVID uh, vaccine development. And, uh, you know, this is one. And, um, but it does kind of, you know, raise a little bit of the, you know, those caution flags that, you know, if you don't get uh, the vaccine coming to fruition as you, as you would like, um, you know, the market should uh, react negatively because a lot of the uh, increased earnings estimates for 2021 are predicated on an economy roaring back to life. Uh, due in large part to the arrival of a vaccine and a return to normalcy because of that vaccine. Um, but as of right now, it's kind of easy to sort of, um, you know, set this AstraZeneca news aside because, um, you know, you have some experts like Dr. Fauci who say, it is, you know, they remind you that it's not, not uncommon that you see something like this. And then at the same time, you still have many other companies that have not paused their clinical trials. And so there's still plenty of reason for the stock market to believe that something is going to come to fruition here uh, in the near future as it relates to, you know, positive vaccine or treatment news. Um, so it would only, I think, if, if you got, um, you know, if you got into, say, the middle half of 2021 and there was still no vaccine and there was still a great deal of doubt that you might even get one for initial distribution by the end of 2021, I think the stock market would have a real hard time with that. Uh, but that's, um, I think we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Uh, it's a risk factor, but right now the, the clear expectation of the stock market or hope is certainly is that uh, something good is going to come uh, come to pass here in, in the near term that gives some good reason to think that um, there's a treatment option um, that's going to be increasingly available in 2021 that you know could hopefully translate into to better economic realities for a lot of people and businesses. We only have about two minutes, and you did a big picture that talked about small businesses on last Friday, which I, I really liked. My spouse came up to me, and I don't manage her money. I let another financial planner do it so that we don't kind of ever get mad at each other. I, I give a lot of guidance on what to hold. Um, but he wants to put her in an ETF that has things like Roth stores in it. I'm like, that's not a bad idea. She she thought it was a bad idea. I was like, it's not a bad idea because those are the stores, those are the stocks that haven't moved as much. Um, and there's dividends in there and there's ultimately I was like spouse and I don't want to say your name on air, but I said spouse, we live in a low interest rate environment and that's still going to be a reason to hold stocks for most of us. Again, consult a broker advisor taking action. I already mentioned on the show. Um, how far off am I? Um, or what would you say to your spouse on if she were to come to you and say, um, can we still invest? Can we still buy new things or to invest in new things? Or do you think it's like still a sit on the sidelines kind of thing? She was concerned. I wasn't as much. Well, yes. I mean, you certainly can continue to invest in things. And then, you know, just calling out the example of a retailer like Ross Stores. I mean, you, um, you know, the one thing that 
runs true in the United States is that, you know, we are a consumption-oriented economy. <laughs> and, right. and um, you know, consumers like to spend. U.S. consumers like to spend. And, and so in instances like this is when you do want to, you know, you know, when you've had a huge run on the market and you've seen some stocks, some groups get left behind that run, you know, that's where you want to start doing the digging to find companies that are still well-capitalized, um, you know, um, profitable, um, have the wherewithal to kind of ride this out, and, and you know, we'll see their business rebound inevitably uh, as things as we talked about, kind of move back toward normal. You know, the relative comparisons get uh, get better, and and you know, they'll continue to impress. And then you'll see multiple expansion on top of that. So, you know, retail is certainly one area uh, to be looking at. Um, obviously, there's the Amazon factor involved there. I know, sure. Um, but there are some good quality companies out there that. You know, like uh, you know, like a TJ Maxx and TJX companies. You know that um, they're going to bounce back as more people return to actual in-store shopping uh, and and just simply want to get out of their house. Mr. Hare, thank you. You're with Briefing.com. Um, that wasn't a stock picked by TJ Maxx or Ross listeners. That was a concept of there's always something to be buying because we're a consumption-based economy. Patrick's wonderful. You can find him at briefing.com. It's briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. I feel like things are starting to get back a little bit to normal because of the type of stories that we're doing. Three months ago, we were talking about a race to a vaccine. Three months ago, we were talking about improvements in death rates. We're, we're kind of starting to get some of the positives that we need to say that maybe we'll go back to some sort of normal. Now, when when do we get back to full employment? When do we get back to the, we're eating in restaurants? Right. It's going to vary from state to state, apparently. But I feel like some of the stories are getting back there because we're starting to see stories of Wendy's is releasing a potato bacon burger. And you're like, potato bacon? I've never heard of that. Um, so you're starting to hear some of that. And that's that. I think that's a, a step in the right direction, if you will give me one second to you know, kind of venture in that direction on content here. I don't think it's a bad thing. So when we start getting back to the, I would say, almost simpler... Um, stories that are kind of cute like hey the microsoft xbox you can put on a financial plan you know what else you could put on a financial plan a peloton those things are expensive which again it sneaks into your world how much we spend on things on kind of a subscription basis you know a car is basically a subscription you're you're paying it you're doing installment payments you're doing five years 60 payments boom you're you're basically saying i'm going to send in a check or i'm going to transfer money or you're going to do something along those lines um, now we're doing that with exercise equipment. Now we're doing it with Xboxes. That makes me a little bit leery. When Apple came out with an Apple credit card last year, tied towards Goldman Sachs, and they said, hey, we'll, we'll, you, we'll give you a free loan. There's no going to be fees. There's going to be nothing like that. But you, if you, that's only for buying a, a phone or a watch or some sort of new gadget. You don't even think twice about it, but you add that onto your Spotify, you add that onto your Netflix, you add that onto your your car payment, you add that onto your insurance. Insurance is kind of a subscription model. You pay for it, you get it, you don't pay, they cut off your insurance, you get into an accident, they don't pay. Um, Wall Street likes recurring payments. 
Wall Street digs recurring payments. Um, one-time buyers, and again, that goes into healthcare too. Remember, I've told you the story a hundred times. If I've told you once, I've told you a million times not to exaggerate. But I've talked about a company that I bought called Cryomedical Sciences, which was a medical device company which kind of helped ext- freeze and extract cancer from the colon. It seemed like it was doing well. The headlines were great. The FDA approval was fantastic. Doctors bought it. Everything's good. And then doctors never bought it a second time. Um, the reviews from one doctor to the next, I guess, on you know Facebook or whatever, wherever doctors are putting reviews of new gadgets they're trying, were not favorable. Hard to use, complicated. Um, don't feel I did it right. Company went out. They died. They actually pivoted. Do you know what they pivoted to? A spit test for HIV. They're actually still around, and I don't get that. That's one thing about Wall Street that some I think some companies should just die. It's, it should be a zombie where you can put a stake in its head, you can cut off its head, you can throw the head in an incinerator, and it's just dead. But that doesn't sometimes happen with stocks. And it, it's a little bit frustrating for me. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Walmart's going to test drone delivery of groceries and household items. It, as a nation of gun owners, I don't see how we ever do drone delivery. I'm just being honest with you that I, I just think, and again, yeah, there'll be police. There'll be problems, you know, um, for sure with a couple gun owners. And maybe they'll get put in their place. Maybe it'll be a federal crime that you're put in jail for five years for shooting a drone. But to me, that seems like target practice. <laughs> I don't own a gun, but... I may buy one if drones start flying over. It is my property. You're spying on me. And I'll say something about me and my daughter. I don't have a lot. But that's what I'll tell the police. There's a drone flying over. So I, shot. I don't see how we get over that. I know you're saying, oh, we'll get over it. Okay. Today is a bounce back day after four or five rough days. The sledding got tough. Tesla fell apart down 20% yesterday. That's brutal. And I feel bad for the children, the children, as Sting would say. All the children who bought into Tesla on their Robinhood apps, they had never seen it go down. They'd only seen it go up. $2 became $2.5. $2.5 became $3. People were excited. Apple's up today. Tesla's up today. They're both up 4 to 6%. NASDAQ's up 2.5%. So they're leading the NASDAQ. A little bit of a bounce back. Nike's up. Sitting in an all-time high. Um, one of the stocks that I like is actually down today. I'm not mentioning it because I'm going to try to buy it in the next two or three days if the trend continues. Uh, Penn National Gaming higher, Bob Johns is higher. So, like, a lot of the pandemic plays are working again. Facebook is, I think it goes to 300. It's a 276. There's been this thing where tech stocks just are going to big round numbers. And, like, half a billion becomes a, a trillion. Or half a five hundred billion becomes a trillion. Excuse me, I didn't do so well in my math, Mama. Um, it just—it's a kind of a pursuit of big round numbers on these big companies. So Tesla got left out of the S P five hundred yesterday, and it's kind of a boohoo moment. They're having one of the greatest years ever, and everyone's like, "Boohoo!" They got left out of the S P five hundred. Always the bridesmaid and never the bride. No, not quite. Tesla was passed over for inclusion the S P five hundred. A move yesterday that put its parabolic run 
basically eh, to a halt. Instead, Etsy got put in, Teradyne got put in, Catalan got put in. Catalan being a pharmaceutical company that I know nothing about. Tesla falls 21%, the biggest one-day fall on record. It's done it before. That's stunning for me to say that again. They've had massive falling out of the ba- uh, baby baby high chair. As a baby, you're not supposed to fall out of the high chair. They fall out of the high chair more than once. Not 21% in one day, but if you take a look at their stock, it's had some big drops in it. Um, they're going to get added to the S&P 500 probably next quarter, maybe the quarter after. Maybe the quarter after, if they continue to be profitable. Okay, I'm, I'm with you. The quality of their earnings so far have been pretty shady. Um, you feel like there's a lot of financial engineering going on in the last 10 minutes of the quarter. Like, like everyone, punch out, kind of thing. So that's why they've been excluded, in my opinion, the quality of their earnings. They'll get there. It's my expectation. It's all the market rise. We're taking any action ever mentioned on any stocks ever in the show. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or roblockshow.com.